Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's podcast. We have a very special guest who I'm super excited to introduce you to. Uh, this is Coach Stacy. I'm here with Coach Allie. And we're also here with Coach Claudia, Claudia Kretschmer, who uh, owns and runs Gym America, one of the gyms that we've been working closely with this year. And Claudia, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Uh, let Thank me tell you. Our users, just a little bit about you, but then I'm going to ask you to tell a little bit more. So Claudia went to the University of Florida and she has uh, run her own business, Gym America, for 45 years. So lots and lots of experience over the time. Um, she's currently the Excel National Chair for USA Gymnastics, and she developed the W200 course. So she's really passionate about helping develop coaches and gymnasts. And Claudia, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh my gosh. So, um, well, thank you for having me on, uh, both Stacy and Allie. Um, the W200 course is an educational course. It's one of the uh, beginning courses for USA Gymnastics. And I'm just super passionate about um, helping coaches um, work with their athletes and get the most out of their kids and help them. Yeah. Love it. And you guys have a motto at your gym. You want to tell us about your motto? Yeah. yeah. So our motto is gymnastics today, character for life. And it's something that we stand by and um, with all of our athletes from our preschoolers through our competitive team. And gymnasts are, um, they're people first and they're gymnasts second. And we um, want to develop them as their whole person and help develop their character and learning experiences that will last them uh, a lifetime. What are some ways that you guys have done that over the years? Well, some of the things we talk about um, is really being grateful um, for what they have. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's something that's so important is to wake up in the morning and just be appreciative of something in your life and to put life in perspective. And they have so much, they have so much God-given abilities. And, um, you know, it's not important whether they win a gold medal. Um, it's more important how they um, react in competition and behave in competition, um, that they're respectful and um, they're supportive and that they're just appreciative. Um, one of the things that I really love about this competition that we're going to this weekend at Gymnastics on the Grand is before finals, they have um, a special needs um, competition and it's a show and all of our, we make a point of having all of our girls there around the floor, supporting them, um, making cards for them and really just looking at the joy that they have in performing. And it's not about their bodies and it's not about how they look and it's not about how perfect they are. They're out there just happy to be doing gymnastics. And I want that for our girls as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. We talk a lot here about enjoying the journey. Like it's not really about the destination of your, of where you get to, if you don't enjoy the journey along the way. Agree. And I feel like this is such a short part, a small part of your life, but it is a huge part of who you are going to be in your future. Yeah. Of the things that you learn now. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a time of development and, and um, foundational skills. I, I talk to the girls that we coach a lot about, like, I wish I had been learning these things about the mindset principles that we teach in the mental and emotional health when I was your age. Like, I feel like I, I mean, I'm grateful for the person I am and the mm-hmm. life that I've had, but I feel like I would have been a completely different person had right. I learned those kinds of things way back then. So I love that you make it a point to really um, infuse that into your gym culture. What are some, like, if coaches asked you for ideas of mm-hmm. things that you actually do to help develop character, mm-hmm. um, you know, apart from, of course, just how you coach and, yeah. um, maybe like maybe two questions. One would be, how do you help your coaches think about developing character? Mm-hmm. And then what are actual specific things that you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that you don't go into as, oh, I'm going to do this on Monday and this on Wednesday and this on Friday. It's, yeah. it's something that is just a part of your culture. So you you take those learning moments and um, the learning moments aren't necessarily when everything is going great. The learning moments are when they're not going great. Yeah. And how can we get through that? And I think that um, just modeling ourselves to our athletes is so important because yeah. they, they see how we react to things. And I think that's really important in developing your culture. Um, and also those athletes that are injured, they should not be like off to the side. They, you need to nurture them even more than the ones that are are healthy. And also looking um, to that athlete that's um, like hiding a little bit, that's the quiet one, that's not always asking for attention, making sure that you are paying attention to all of your athletes, not just the ones that are the attention seekers. And just taking those, those moments that are um, learnable moments. Um, I know that I'm, I'm having difficulty with one of my athletes right now um, in her, uh, she's just such a perfectionist. And I started having her, she's injured right now. So I started having her, um, even though she's young, um, come over and help other athletes and I think that's really helping her to see um, that they're not perfect and, and they may not get it the first try and, and what it's like to coach them. So I've kind of be, been putting her off to the side and saying, would you help this athlete on, on her dismount? Because you do it so well and it's so easy for you. Could you please help her and give her some tips and really that. kind of doing some things like that. And it's about giving back teaching them how to give to others and not just themselves. 
Claudia, I, I love that you said that. We actually do. <laughs> we do. We do that a lot too. Um, with girls that are injured. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll place them at a station to help and be like, Hey, like you can rotate through, like, here's like, you can do conditioning while you're there, but especially if they're starting to be like off to the side and not participating, I love putting them at a station to help coach and to help. Like, I'm like, Oh, you're so good at this. And I know this helped you. Uh, do you want to try and help these two? And, um, they end up loving it and they learn a lot from Ooh, it. I love and, it. And yeah, it's been a fun experience. And the other thing I was going to say for perfection, perfectionism in quotes, I think that that's one of those things that we hear a lot in gymnastics is, um, I think it's fun, rewarding changes rather than actually the outcome. So uh, sometimes we'll give them like, I'll bring like little tricks for treats or whatever it is just every once in a while. And I want them to make a change and they'll get it for the change, not necessarily making the skill. So I think those are just other fun ways to help encourage like um, bringing, it's a little bit more fun for them and it encourages them to make changes, not necessarily to be perfect at all times. And that's going to be part of the character building, right? Mm -hmm. To push yourself outside of the box, outside of the comfort zone, not knowing what the result will be, but knowing that you are working towards learning something. Right. So love it. Yeah. Love it, very really. fun. I think that's such a great thing for, um, is coaches just sharing ideas and I know I've been coaching for 45 years and I just love seeing what other people do. Um, and I know that when I first started, I was, I was so novice. Let me tell you, I did not know anything. And I used to go to Steve Whitlock's gym, um, who was an elite coach back then. And I would just sit there like every weekend and we'd just sit and watch and listen. And I would go to meets and just listen to what he had to say and how he, what he would say to his athletes. And, and I learned so much in those stages. So um, I think it's part of the reason why I love um, education is because I didn't, we didn't have those resources. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have anything. There were no webinars. There was nothing back then, you know, so you had to learn by going and doing, and I still believe in, in kind of that hands-on um, approach with, with coaches. So, yeah. I was just kind of thinking, yeah, I was so blessed to, I, when I learned coaching, you know, I had a, a head coach who was very experienced coach and, but he had just moved from a huge gym to our tiny little town. And so a tiny little gym, it was just starting and we were just starting with the team. And so there were so few girls that he just was like, he just, he and I coached them every event for about a year together. And so like having that mentorship was so yeah. incredible. And, um, yeah, I kind of think, how would you learn it without it? Right. <laughs> like, you know, right. right. So I love this opportunity that we have hmm. to help coaches think about, you know, obviously the gymnastics side of things, but much more the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So Claudia, I know one of the things that you've been passionate about or not passionate, but that we've chatted a lot about is just kind of how gymnastics has changed and how we're changing in mm -hmm. what, how we coach. Um, so yeah. what thoughts do you have around that? you know, this, this month, yeah. I know that there's different ones every month, but right, right now, like what yeah. are, what are the things going I, on? I think a lot about that, about how, what things are, are different now from 40 years ago and what's the same and yeah. people are the same kids are the same, 
but things are different in there um, in the environment and and technology and it used to be people quit the sport because they wanted to play they wanted to have that playtime at home and they missed out on that playtime with their friends. And I'm not hearing that so much anymore. Um, so what are they missing out on? And they're missing out on, they're not out riding their bikes and they're not out playing with their friends. They're on computers and they're on their social media and they're not really connected with people. So I feel like gym is so important for them now to have that human interaction, to have that connectiveness, but we still need to give them that play because that play and that fun is so important. So we need to build kids' memories. So when you think back about your gymnastics and I think about my gymnastics or just my growing up, what are the things that stand out to you? Are, those are the memories. And the memories aren't lining up like a robot and being told your assignment, right, for the day. <laughs> and all those things are, are important, yes, because you have to develop discipline and you're trying to, you know, have strong athletes, um, but they also have to have interaction with their friends and um, they need to be able to talk to their friends and they need to be able to laugh and they need to have those fun assignments. Um, we need to bring playfulness and fun into their practices. So just creating more balance, I think is really important now. I like that. And you guys have a really specific way that you've done that. You want to tell us yes. about it? Yes. So um, tell us first the history of like how it developed. Okay. Yeah. So, Okay. History is, um, I'm a little bit of a wackadoodle and <laughs> um, full disclosure and uh, I'm very ADD. And so all of those things um, make you kind of a creative person. So I get bored very easily and I can't do the same assignment every single day. So I would get bored. So I think my athletes would get bored. So I always try to create variety in their assignments. And I created games along the way. And one of my first games was Beamopoly and the kids would beg to play Beamopoly. And let me tell you, when they're playing a game, they are working so much harder. They get more series done, they're getting more skills done. They're, being, they're moving things up that they've never done before. So, um, <clears throat> The games just really are very productive and they're fun. And um, so a little bit of history with Leah. Um, Leah is one of my former athletes and she's now at University of Florida. And she was a very talented, spunky little, little girl, a flipping, rolling, always flipping everywhere. And um, Leah wanted to go the elite route and um, we sat down, we had a family meeting and we said, okay, you know, I want to support you in your dreams, but I also do not want to ruin the spirit in this little girl. Okay. Because she was a very spirited 
um, young athlete. And I didn't want the elite system as it was back then to just destroy that. So I said, we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it our way. And we're still gonna have fun. And um, we're gonna cheer for other people. And we'll, you know, we did two a days and we did all of that. Um, and she was very successful, went to classics, went to championships and is now a scholar athlete at University of Florida um, and earned her perfect 10 on beam. And she still has that great um, spirit and loves the sport. And I think part of the reason why she does is that we kept the fun in the sport and we didn't take it out. So Leah came to me and she says, can we like do something with that Beamopoly game, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, we kind of made it into a board, like a beautiful board. She's very artistic and, and creative, um, but we couldn't use that because it's of copyright infringement. So um, we developed our own game um, called Balance Palace. And there's an in-gym version and an at-home version. So we have two versions of Balance Palace and we just launched it a couple of weeks ago and I'm super excited. We're really actually almost sold out um, of our first launch. So we're, we're really excited. That's so fun. I haven't actually seen it yet. I saw Leah's little yes, kind of commercial. Yes, so great with all the videos and fabulous. Like, oh, she's, yeah. she's so artistic. She did all the artwork and she's she's really fabulous. Yeah. And so I know I sent it to Tammy. Ahead, I was like, oh, I was just saying I sent it to Tammy and was like, look at what Claudia and Leah did. And she goes, oh yeah, I already bought one. I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> So we're super excited to use it because um, yes. I love beam games too. We always play yes. beam Jenga, actually. Beam Jenga is oh, our fun. favorite. And um, I agree that we always have the best practices when we play a game, sometimes even conditioning every once in a while. They're like, can we play a game? And they'll pick a game where they have to like run hard. I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to run way harder playing that game than if I just yes, make it they run. Run so much harder when, <laughs> when it's fun, you know, mm -hmm. when there's something competitive in it. And, and it's not just about like just playing and having fun, but they're also developing so many more skills too. They're developing that competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to, to do that because it's hard in our sport. I mean, it's an individual, but a team sport at the same time. So it's hard to get that. Mm -hmm. And um, having games and contests are a great way to do that. Love it. Can you tell us a little bit about like, how does the game work? Ah, only if yeah. you want to reveal. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, there's um, different, you're, you of course are on your start, you know, of your journey. Um, it's a roll the dice and you earn um, these beautiful gems. And so as you land on different stations, you would, the in-gym version, do that station. So it might be, it could be a visualization station. It could be um, sticking three in a row of a skill, or it could be making a chain um, with a teammate or having a battle. There are battles with you and a teammate where one gets the gems and one doesn't. 
Um, and you may have uh, tough judges, so you may lose gems. So there, uh, <laughs> there are there are fun steps all along the way of the journey. Very fun, very fun. Um, what advice would you give to coaches about ways to bring those games and those fun in? Um, like, yeah, I and I think a lot of it depends on like coaches' personalities too. Yeah, like some are some coaches are not very like game oriented and a little nervous yeah. about it because it's not not in their comfort zone. And yeah. I think something like this um, makes it easy for a coach because they don't have to come up with it. They don't have to have that, that wackadoodle crazy brain. Um, so if you're that, that all your ducks are in a row uh, person, then you could just pull it out and, and put it down on, on the spotting block and, and have them go at it. Um, but you can also interact with it. There's coaches choice. The coaches are involved in it. Um, and of course they have to make adjustments for different levels, you know, in, yeah. in the game. Um, but I think if they just, uh, try it yeah. and bring it out, the kids will be just so excited and yeah. happy that they did something that was out of their comfort zone too. Yeah. 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 I love it. We, I, I coached back in my days, I coached optionals, but I, I coached the two ends. So I coached optionals and I coached the four to six year old hot shots that were oh, on that fun. team. And so I got to play a lot with the little ones. I, actually, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny as we're talking, I'm like, I never really thought to bring that same play to my mm -hmm. optionals, but I got to play a lot with the little ones and we created so many games teaching them the skills. So like the jump to high bar, that's so scary. We called it the flying squirrel. And so we made it a game where they, you know, they were squirrels and they were trying to jump from limb to limb. And so they would yeah. have to balance and then they would stand and then they would jump and they would, we would make little contests with it. They thought it was the funnest game. But then by the time they got to where they needed to do their squat and jump to high bar, none of them were scared of jumping the high bar because they had been doing right. that since they were like four years old in the flying yeah. squirrel game, you know? So we tried to come up with a lot of things like that, where um, even in the skill teaching or in the shaping, we would do a yeah. lot like. I couldn't, I, I wasn't quite strong enough to do this, but our head coach would like lift them up in the hollow position mm -hmm. and then launch them like an arrow into the pit. Oh, I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I never really could do <laughs> that one, but I could at least, I could at least, you know, do some of it and keep it, but he would launch but them. That and, would be really fun. You just got my brain going Yeah, to take two people or three people and, and hope like the kids could yeah. do that to each other. And, yeah launching yeah. that would be because cool. then they learned how to hold their shape as yeah. they were flying through the air but they thought it was just like and that was the thing is like if you came undone then you know you lost yeah. you had to yeah. hold your hollow until you landed in the pit love it um, i i'm writing it down <laughs> and they just thought it was you know the best thing in the world or we did the um like like their feet are down on the they lay down in a hollow position and we'd lift up their shoulders all the way and then like uh, I know most people are on podcasts, so they can't see all my hand movements. <laughs> um, we would like lift them up and then they would have to like keep their toes on the ground. And then we would like balance them forward and back. We call right. it tight pencils. And uh -huh. so they would like go all the way forward and back and then up. And then we would like, totter. 
yes, flip them over it. and they just thought it was the most fun, but they were doing conditioning, they were doing shaping, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, but I would have loved to do a better job about thinking about how to bring that same kind of fun. Right. To yeah. We try to do like Sunday fun day, you know, and then, love it. you know, serious Mondays, but Sunday fun day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like it a lot. Oh, okay. Well, this month we've been talking about believing new things and, uh, Claudia's gym is actually her entire gym is working with our program all over team kids. And so we have a littles coaching group, um, 10 and unders or compulsories. And then we have an optionals, um, 11 and over some people kind of are in between. Yeah. Are in between those. Um, but so we've been working together for a number of months now. And so she's well-versed in, um, our tools, uh, but this is a new one for her. So this okay. month we're, so I, we're going to teach it to Claudia, uh, as we teach it to you guys here on the podcast. So this month we're talking about believing new things and one we've talked about this the last couple of podcasts. So just want to catch you up, Claudia. But one of the things that we talk about is that in order to believe a new thought, you often first really need to understand your current one and have compassion on it. And so um, we just spent a lot of time the last two weeks talking about that process of going through the thought model, taking your thought, understanding how that thought feels in your body, understanding what that feeling is um, creating, what actions are coming out of that fuel from that feeling. Um, And then having compassion on yourself for it. There's so often when, um, one thing is hidden from us. And and so I was coaching a a level nine last week and we were talking about, um, she was just constantly hitting her feet on her hip coming up out of her bail. And so we were like trying to figure out, we had, we had coached on it a number of weeks in a row and just like, couldn't really make any progress on it. And then she finally realized her thought was her coaches kept telling her like pike down, you got to slow your swing down. And her thought was, if I slow my swing down, I won't have enough momentum to finish the skill. And so she, cause I was like, but it's just, all you got to do is pike. Like, you know how to pike, like, why aren't you doing that? And so when she finally realized that that was the thought, then we spent time understanding that thought and working through the fear on that thought. Mm-hmm. But then we were able to start working on believing a new one. So our steps towards believing a new one, we call a thought ladder. So Allie, you want to take it away and teach us the thought ladder? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So thought ladders, like Stacy said, first, you have to understand your new thought. So we kind of like to make it, we have five stages that, but it can take a lot more than that. It can take less than that, but we have in general kind of five steps that we take from believing your, the thought that you have right now to where you want to go. And each one is going to take you a step closer towards that new belief because a new belief is a little bit like confidence. Like sometimes you, um, need to actually get there and do it before you actually believe that you're confident in it. Now you can, You can create confidence through your thoughts, but it can be a lot harder. It's a lot easier to create confidence when you have evidence that you can already do something. Okay. So same with believing something new. When you have this new belief that you want to believe that like, I'm amazing at beam or I'm amazing at bars. 
Okay. If you don't have evidence for that, or if you don't think you have evidence for that, it can be a lot harder to just believe that. And so each step is going to allow you to be open to possibly believing that. So the first step usually starts with like, I'm open to believing something new. Well, Stacy actually got you through the first step. I'm currently thinking <laughs> that I'm not good at bars or I'm currently thinking that I will never be at bars. I notice that I'm thinking. So it's noticing what you're thinking now, saying what you're currently thinking or saying that um, this is something you believe for now, for now, and that it's possible for you to change it. And, and that's a really important part of that one. I'm going to. Ellie knows it's like my it's like Stacy's favorite place <laughs> thing that I always talk about is because the hardest part is believing that it's a thought and not a fact. So mm. when you have a, a belief that is really affecting your gymnastics or any other area of life, mm. even though you like go, Oh, where, you know, if I'm like, where does that go in the thought model? You say, Oh, it's a T it's a thought. You believe it's a circumstance. You believe it's a fact. Mm -hmm. So I was working with a girl who's like, I can't perform beam in front of other people and judges. Like I can do beam all day long if I'm not like showing, but if I'm showing or competing, I always fall. And so for her, she had so much evidence of it and it was just a fact, you know? So that's kind of an example. So if you don't take the time to get your brain to loosen up to the idea that mm -hmm. it's actually just a thought, it's going to be really hard to get very far up the ladder. And when you take that time at that stage and you really get your brain again and again, every day, every time you think, Oh, I saw that thought again. Oh, I saw that thought again. Pretty soon your brain starts going, Oh, it's it's just a thought. It's not actually true. And then you can start moving up the ladder. Okay. I won't okay. interrupt you again. I Allie. Can <laughs> you that. Thank you. No, it's totally fine. I, I honestly knew Stacy was going to want to chat about that part because every time we talk about it, she's like, okay, but actually we need to do, we need to stay longer here. I'm like, I totally get it. And it's true because you have those diehard. I mean, I'll have girls that I'll be like, no, Allie, you don't understand. I'm just terrible at beam. Like I'm horrible at beam and I'm never going to be good at it. And here are all the reasons why. So like they think it's a fact and I have to break it down and be like, so if somebody who doesn't do gymnastics watches you do beam, do they think you're going to be terrible? Well, no. Okay. What about all like the little girls that might be looking up to you? Do they look at you and you're like, wow, you're terrible at beam. And they're like, well, I guess not. They probably think it's pretty cool. Like, so is it a fact that you're terrible at beam or do you just think that you're terrible at beam. And they're like, Oh, I guess I just think it. And so really just breaking that down and trying to release them from it being a fact is going to be so important. And then you have to kind of take the next step of you're not going to go from believing I'm terrible at beam to I'm amazing at beam. It sounds so great. And you want to believe that and you can get there eventually, but switching like that, just doing a thought swap is not going to create it because what happens is you still believe that you're terrible at it. And so when you think that you're good at being, then your brain actually comes up all, with all the reasons why you're not. So you're going to be like, oh, I'm amazing at beam. And your brain's going to be like, actually, you're not because you scored this score on it last year. You fell <laughs> at this meet. You, you don't have all the same skills as your teammates. Like whatever reasons it is, your brain is like starts offering you all these. So the next one that you're going to go to is it's possible for me to believe I'm amazing at beam. Someday I will believe. 
it would be so cool to believe that I was amazing at beam. I'm open to changing my belief about being terrible at beam. And so all of those are really just creating this space that allows you to be like, okay, this is a thought that I have, and I'm actually open to making that change. And I think that it's possible I could believe something else. I don't quite yet, but the possibility is there. And when you can move up to that step, you're going to create much different emotions than I'm terrible at being. A lot of times when they think they're terrible at something, they feel incompetent, incapable, they feel um, lesser than. But when they believe that it's possible, Stacey, what kind of emotions do you get when you believe that it's possible or that someday you would believe? Uh, either open or hopeful. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. um, I don't know. A lot of times when I'm on that second rung, I'm like not to the point of hopeful yet. I'm just more, what might that emotion be? Um, like willing, like I'm willing to consider, mm-hmm. or I feel willing. I feel open. I feel, I feel curious. Sometimes curious. I have like curiosity yeah. of like, Oh, I wonder what it would be like if I did actually believe that. Yeah. And, and that's going to allow you to take a lot more action than, you know, feeling incapable. So that's our first stepping ladder of getting there. Uh, The next one is now you you're open to that belief, right? You already believe that it's possible. And now you feel like you're learning. You're learning to be somebody who thinks that they're amazing at beam. You're becoming somebody who thinks you're amazing at beam. You're in the process of, and this is just allowing you to realize that um, new beliefs are like learning new skills. You have to practice them. You have to, there are steps to get there and you are in that learning process and you're working towards that and you may not be perfect at it yet, which is just fine, but you are moving towards that new belief. And so when you're learning, that's when I really hit the hopeful stage where I'm like, oh, or encouraged. That's one that I get a lot when I'm in the, I'm learning. I feel really encouraged when I feel like I'm learning. Um, and it gets me a lot more motivated, uh, to reach that belief. Stacy, do you have any, uh, emotions to add there? Okay. Then the last one that we go to before we hit the whole belief is just saying like, I am committed to believing that I'm amazing at beam. I choose to believe this. It feels so good when I believe this, or I believe more often than not that I'm amazing at beam. Now, just because you're getting towards this whole belief doesn't mean you're going to believe it every day. 24 seven, all of a sudden you have a new belief and you're like, you know what? 24 seven. Now I have to think that I have to be happy about beam. I have to believe that I'm amazing at it. And that's my only option. That's just not the reality. We all have bad days. Life is 50, 50, but to know that more often than not, I am start, I believe that I'm amazing is really going to get you to that next level. That gets me motivated. That gets me feeling excited even. And I start getting to those, um, more energy driven emotions. Stacey, where are you at when you, when it feels so good for you to believe something? Yeah, I, sorry, I just got a phone call. (laughs) So I got distracted. Um, I, I think I, I'm mostly confident. I tend to struggle on the opposite in that. Like once I come back, like when I have that experience where I'm believing it, 
and I'm feeling it. And then I like switch back and I'm not believing it anymore. Then I kind of get in the like, what's wrong with me judgment spot. So that's where my brain was going to is like, I've actually been working a lot on like allowing it to be okay to be one rung down on the ladder. Even when I got up to the top of the ladder, like, Mm -hmm. so you just bounce back and forth a lot of times where it's like some days you really are believing that whole belief. And then other days you're not. And I was experiencing a lot of judgment and frustration when I would get back down there, Mm -hmm. which then doesn't give any good fuel. (laughs) Um, and so, but I think when I'm excited that I'm starting to see that new belief and I'm starting to experience it. Yeah. I think that's when I feel hopeful, um, determined, uh, a lot of those emotions that kids want to feel like whenever you're like, what do you want to feel about this? They're always like, I want to feel confident. I want to feel determined, you know? And so, um, I feel like that's when you start experiencing more of those emotions. Yeah. And that's like all the way up on step four of this ladder. And that's where it's just really nice to kind of be aware of like where your kids are at because they want to go from feeling fearful or thinking they're terrible to thinking they're amazing like that. And you have to provide those middle grounds and you're going to have times where you move up and down on the ladder. And the more that you practice it, the more often you're going to stay at the higher part of that ladder. And then five is when you fully believe that belief five would be, I believe I'm amazing at beam. I'm going to get up on the beam and I know I can hit what I want to hit. And so, um, five is where I truly see the confidence. Um, and when you feel the confidence and, uh, that whole belief can take time. And like Stacy said, it's nice to have this written out on a ladder because you can look and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm really just down to number three today instead of being at number five. And that's okay. That's better than believing I'm terrible at beam. And it's going to help me at least do something more productive today. than then is this posted in your workbook? Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in there because I would love to put that up we are gonna, on my board. Yeah. We're going to take, we're going to take your girls through it step by step this month. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my, my question to you is, mm-hmm. um, I really feel like the, this is a gr- great step. So I'm like, I'm thinking about all my kids, you know, <laughs> as you're talking about it. Oh, you know, this one needs this. It's so, so great. And I love the process. And I can see that it's not something that's an overnight thing. It's something that is going to take some time. And that time is going to be different for every athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, So how, as coaches, can we help our athletes through um, these stages of of the ladder, through the rungs of the ladder, and kind of keep tabs of that? Like, what's your recommendation to coaches so that we can help them through that? Well, I think one of the things is, one of the things I want to add in is that sometimes it doesn't take much time. So the latter is super helpful for, for those beliefs that are, they are having difficulty. Sometimes when you just tweak a thought, you're like, oh, I realize that I both believe I'm bad at beam and great at beam at the same time. Like I realize that I'm thinking both of those things and I actually can just jump to the new one. Um, but the latter is super helpful for when they can't. And so I think the biggest thing is that, um, of, of helping them through the stages is making it okay to not be at the top of the rung immediately, because I think this is what 
in my opinion, this is one of the biggest differences in what we teach versus what most mindset training does is that most mindset training is kind of like, just swap the thought, believe this new thought. And a lot of times it's just really difficult, but most gymnasts think they should be able to believe that new thought immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember Claudia, when we were coaching two weeks ago and, and they were like, I just got it. I just have to be confident in this. I just have to work mm-hmm. on it to be confident. Like they feel like they should. And so I think just continually reminding them to be at the rung of the ladder that they are and work on fully believing that before right. they try mm-hmm. to make themselves believe the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can feel it in their body when they finally fully believe that rung. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest one is actually having them write out these ladders Mm-hmm. And, uh, we give them options of thoughts, but then, but then just like continuing to encourage them that it's okay to be at the rung that they're at. Yeah. They don't have to like, I, go up I, I had an athlete last night and she's struggling a little bit on her dismount. And, um, and, uh, I asked her a question. She stood up very confidently and she said, I am capable. And I loved it. It was so great. She didn't say, she didn't say I'm confident because she's yeah. not confident, but yeah. she said, I am capable. Yes. And, and that's what we coached on. I you know. know. And yeah. that's what she, she got. So, um, she was, uh, it really is helpful just, you know, realizing that because they're always saying confidence, 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 and, and knowing they're not confident because they don't have the evidence to show, um, to give them confidence. So, just giving them more hope and making them feel more capable has just been really great. Yeah. 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 And, um, one thing too, that I like to do, I'm a very visual person. I know it's like hit or miss for some athletes, but, um, I like to, when they draw the ladder out, I literally like to have them every day, like circle where you're at today. Like what is the highest one you actually believe? Not the one you're trying to believe. Like what is the highest one you, you can read and your brain doesn't fight you and you're like, okay. And then just draw an arrow to the next one up of where you're working towards. Because then so many great things, Allie, I need a bigger whiteboard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to have two giant ones in the gym now. (laughs) But it just helps them see because they feel like they're still making progress too. Then when they can see the big picture, they can see where they're at. They can understand where they're trying to move to and how that's going to get them to, because sometimes you have them think the next one up and they're kind of in this mindset of like, well, this is stupid. I should just believe it. And you're like, no, this is the process. And when you can see the process and they can see other people where they're at in the process, it makes it more realistic to them. Mm-hmm. So. And I also want to say, we've been using a big one, like I'm bad at beam, but you, you can win. So we teach you the thought model and then we teach you to develop an intentional thought model. Like this is the thought I want to be thinking in order to feel the feeling of capable in order to do my, um, one correction on my dismount. So it it doesn't have to be this like big, huge belief about yourself. This can just be the process to get from the old unintentional thought you're thinking 
to the intentional thought you want to be thinking. Um, and those ones, those ladders don't usually take quite as long as those like deep seated beliefs about oh, yourself. Um, but the process is the same for, for moving from the old thought to the new thought in order to fuel those actions. So I love it. Can't wait to awesome. get started. <laughs> All right. So any final thoughts as we wrap up, Claudia? Oh, I, you guys give us so much information and we love it and we're using it every day. And um, I try to build things into our assignments that um, include uh, the things that they're learning for the week. And uh, I'm really seeing a shift and a change. So we love it. We, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. It's been so fun to work with your girls and Thank we you. really love how committed you are um, to not just like have like one of our passions is that people would begin to coaches would begin to see that mental training, that emotional training as critical to gymnastics as strength and flexibility and um the actual skills that they're learning. And I just see you do that so much. You like really tie it in. Thank and you. so we, we love working with you guys and um, you. are passionate Thank about you. it. Yeah, yeah. We feel that, that training the mind, um, is just like training the body. So yeah. we condition our bodies. We have to strengthen our minds as yeah. well. So yeah. Cause if you are grateful to have you go ahead, Allie. I was just going to say, Claudia, if people are interested in your beam game, where should they go? Oh, um, it's shop shine creative. The website we will, is shine creative. Yeah. We will link that in the show notes for, yeah. for everybody as well. well. Thank you. So, all right. Well, thanks guys. And we will see you next week. Love it. Keep Bye. doing what you're doing. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.